Amen. Thank you, Joyful Sound, under the direction of Jennifer Resendez. Beautiful job leading us in worship this morning. Turn with me, Joshua 23. We will look at verses 6 through 13 as one of our passages this morning. Joshua 23, verses 6 through 13. We are now into week four of our eight-week sermon series entitled, Asking for a Friend. Maybe questions that you have secretly wondered, you really didn't want to ask, uh, but we're looking at some of those. Next week is Palm Sunday, and we'll be observing the Lord's Supper together, and we're going to answer the question, what happens whenever we ta- have the bread and the juice? Does a miracle happen? Does it turn into the body and blood of Jesus? Some people don't partake at all of the Lord's Supper. They're afraid of it. I've had several members that every church I've, I've ever pastored have always said, you know, I just don't partake. I'm a little scared. I don't want to do it the wrong way. Well, what really happens? We're going to talk about that all next week. This morning, we're answering the question, does God accept all religions? Are all religions basically the same? If God does not accept all religions, then why not? And so that's the question that we're answering this morning. Why does God not accept all religions? One of the most popular analogies in our culture is, in answering this question, is the analogy of a mountain. And the analogy is that that God is at the peak of the mountain, uh, that humanity is at the base of the mountain, and that there are many roads to get to the top. You may have one that goes a more direct route. You may have those that wind around, but you have several roads to get to the top of the mountain. And so that's pretty much like it is. This is the current analogy that Americans love, the mountain analogy. Critics of Christianity love it because they're saying God's at the top and we're at the bottom. And there are a lot of different ways to get there. There's not just one road. There are many ways to reach the top. Is this accurate? If it's not, then why not? Now, studies have shown that one half of all church attenders believe this analogy. One half. Not of Americans, of church attenders. Now, if we're the average church, I sure hope we're not. One half of you believe this, that this analogy is correct. There are many roads to God, they say. You take one route, you take Jesus, another takes another religion, but we all get to the top of the mountain. And that's the analogy that is loved. I do not believe this mountain analogy is correct. I do not believe God accepts all religions and that there are many ways to the top. And during this message, I'm I'm going to show you why I don't believe that. From the Bible and from other aspects of culture, share with you why I do not believe the mountain analogy. So let's begin. Letter A on your outline, God's own words. If I'm going to assert that somebody believes something or does not believe something, the first place I'm going to go is to their own words, right? I mean, let's go to the horse's mouth. Let's go directly to the source. What does this person say about the question or the topic? 
So first of all, in addressing the question, does God accept the worship of all religions? Let's listen to his own words first. First of all, let's look at our text, number one, Joshua 23, verses 6 through 13. They're about to enter the promised land. Listen to what Moses has to say, starting in verse 6. So be very careful to follow everything Moses wrote in the book of instruction. Do not deviate from it, turning either to the right or to the left. Make sure you do not associate with the other people still remaining in the land. Did you catch that? Do not even mention the names of their gods, much less swear by them or serve them or worship them. Rather, cling tightly to the Lord your God as you have done until now. For the Lord has driven out great and powerful nations for you, and no one has yet been able to defeat you. Each of you will, be, will put to flight a thousand of the enemy, for the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. But if you turn away from him and cling to the customs of the survivors of the nations remaining among you, and if you intermarry with them, then know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive them out of your land. Instead, they will be a snare and a trap to you, a whip for your backs, thorny brambles in your eyes, and you will vanish from this good land the Lord your God has given you. Very clear. God is saying if you worship other gods... Life is not going to go well. Pretty clear. Let's go to the next passage, Exodus 20, verse 3. Commandment number one of the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other God before me. Other gods were considered enemies of the one true God. So he's saying, don't have any other gods. Commandment number one. Let's go to the next passage, Deuteronomy 29, 18 says, I'm making this covenant with you so that no one among you, man, woman, clan, or tribe, will turn away from the Lord our God to worship these gods of other nations, and that, and that so no root among you bears bitter and poisonous fruit. Moses was reviewing the terms of the covenant before his death. He said, don't turn to other gods. Let's go to the next passage, 1 Kings 18, 21. This is the story that answers the question dramatically. You know what was happening here? The Israelites had begun to worship Baal along with God. They worshiped both. And so God told Elijah to arrange a showdown of Baal's prophets to determine the one real God versus the false dead God, Baal. So he built an altar. They both prayed, and God answered with fire. Baal could not do that. Proof that all roads do not lead to God because one God is alive and the other God's dead. So they don't all lead to the the mountain up the, the road. One's dead and one's alive. So this is what Elijah said to the people. In front of all the people he stood, how much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people 
were completely silent. So, this passage shows us sincere Baal worshipers were not worshiping the one true God. So, it meant more than sincerity. Go to the next passage, Psalm 115. Verses 4 through 7, God's opinion of other religions. He said, their idols are merely things of silver and gold shaped by human hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. Noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. Feet, but cannot walk. Their throats cannot make a sound. And then he tells us that those who follow them will become like them. Boy, so far it sure does not sound like God believes that all religions are equal, does it? Sure doesn't sound like that God believes and God thinks there are many ways out there and many gods out there, and he's just one of many. He says, I'm the only one. The others, they can't even move a muscle. Let's go to the next one, 1 John 2, 23. Basically says, anyone who denies the Son does not have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father as well. But you must acknowledge the Son. Go to the next one, 1 John 4, 1 through 3. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test to see if the spirit that they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. This is how we know if they have the spirit of God. If a person claiming to be a prophet acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in a real body, that person has the spirit of God. But if someone claims to be a prophet and does not acknowledge the truth about Jesus, that person is not from God. Such a person has the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming into the world and indeed is already here. So what he's saying is, how do you know if someone has life or not? It's if they acknowledge Jesus or not. So the Bible from the very beginning all the way to the very end says there's only one God and there's only one way to get to that God. Here's a summary of the statements. Number one, God does not accept other religions except an acknowledgement of Jesus. Second statement, the reasons are because number one, they're false. And number two, they will lead his children away from the worship of the true God. So those are two reasons God does not accept the worship of other religions. Number one, they're false. And number two, they'll lead you away from the worship of the true God. Now, letter B on your outline. Questions to consider. Four more questions I want us to consider about the topic. Question number one, what is believed in our culture? What is believed in our culture? Now, listen carefully. America is a melting pot. Every culture, every ethnicity, every religious background comes together to form one great nation. And at the heart of our nation is religious tolerance. 
All religions are equal under the law. No religion has the right to be established as the official state religion of our nation. That's the law. And with this principle comes the idea from a lot of people that no one faith has exclusive claims to the truth. That's what's believed. So a lot of Americans believe that equal tolerance under the law means equal validity of truth. That's not right. Just because all religions are equal under our law and can practice under our law does not mean they're all equal under God. They're equal here. They're not equal there. So, whenever we as Christians say Jesus is the only way and all of the others are false, it flies in the face of national sentiment. It's like you've insulted baseball or apple pie or hot dogs or mom. Not Chevrolet, but... (laughs) But it's like you've insulted the very fabric of our nation. That's the viewpoint But folks, just because all religions are equal under our national law does not mean they're all equal in truth before God. So don't confuse the two. Yahoo Answers, you've probably seen this before on Yahoo. I like to, from time to time, just go in and type in the question we're going to talk about. It's not scientific by any means. It's just, what do Americans think about it? And so I like to do this. Well, the topic was, are all religions equal? Here's, here's what Yahoo said. Here's what Americans around the country, how they answered that question. Are all religions equal before God? One of them said, yes, God must respect all religions. And there isn't just one God. There are many gods and goddesses. And they all respect each other. And they even respect the devil because there has to be a balance. I don't know where to begin there. Let's move to the next one. Next answer. There is only one God. His people are one. And they all worship one God and all religions are one. It's people who have the problem. God doesn't have the problem. Here's the next answer. Yes, he does accept all religions. Next answer. He sees all religions and all people as equal. Next answer, we're all collectively God. Next answer, God is fictional. He accepts nothing. Next answer, God is simply called by different names. It's the same God. This is a a sampling of what our culture believes and what you hear. Go to number two. Are all religions basically the same? Are all religions basically the same? Early 19th century, there was a concerted effort by scholars, biblical scholars, and uh, basically religious scholars, that they were going to try to study all the major religions of the world and reduce them down to one common denominator. Early 19th century. 
So they began doing this, and they came up with one common denominator of all the religions, and that is one statement. We all affirm, all the religions of the world, we all affirm the universal fatherhood of God and brotherhood of man. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? We all affirm the fatherhood of God and the brotherhood of man. And as a result of that statement, trying to reduce all the religions down to one common denominator, as a result of that statement, there, there began to be some ecumenical movements saying all religions are basically the same. And since that time, that concept has caught on. The late R.C. Sproul, uh, he had a conversation with a Baha'i priest. Baha'i believes that all, all faiths are the same. He had a conversation with a Baha'i priest, and the priest said, yes, all religions are virtually the same. Sproul then began to say, well, uh, they all believe different things. And then he began to, to enumerate the differences in beliefs between Christianity and Taoism and Judaism and Buddhism and, and Islam and, and started going through all of them. And the priest said, well, I, I don't know what each one of those believe. I just know that they're all basically the same. How can you know they're all basically the same if you don't know what they believe? Let's, let's look at a few ourselves. Buddhism denies a personal God. Christianity affirms a personal God. Orthodox Judaism denies life after death. Christianity believes in life after death. How can they both be the same? Islam endorses killing infidels. Christianity says love your enemies. Pulls apart. Christianity and Judaism believe there's only one God. Hinduism says there are millions of gods. How can both be right? Islam teaches everybody lives and dies once. Buddhism teaches everybody's reincarnated. And look at salvation. What, what makes you saved? Well, Christianity says grace through faith. Islam says, following the pillars of Islam, Scientology says, Dianetic counseling saves you. Which one's right? Folks, how, how can they all be the same when they are poles apart in what they teach? In fact, it is an insult, not just to Christianity, but to all religions to say they're all the same. They're not. But the reason our culture loves to say that is everybody wants to be tolerant of other faiths where we make it where everybody's right. Everybody's not right. Their teaching pulls apart. How can they be the same? Let me ask you, are all soft drinks the same? Are all restaurants the same? Are all hotels the same? Are all automobiles the same? Are all houses the same? Are all shampoos the same? Is all ice cream the same? 
then why would all the religions be the same? Of course they're not. They teach vastly different doctrines. Number three, is God narrow-minded? I've heard critics say God would be very narrow-minded to make only one way to heaven rather than multiple ways. That would be unjust of Him. Critics say God would be very narrow-minded to have such a narrow path to heaven. Doesn't He want everybody to be saved? Doesn't He want everyone to go to heaven? Then why not just accept all of them? What kind of God would be so narrow-minded as to make only one narrow path to heaven? That's one of critics' primary questions today. Let me answer that. Um, Suppose with me for a moment. Suppose there is a holy and righteous God and there's only one. And he is set apart. And suppose that he creates a free human being and he only has one restriction upon this human being and says you can do whatever else you like except one thing and that's the one thing the human being chooses and violates God and rebels against his creator. But rather than destroying him, the creator seeks to redeem him. So suppose with me that that creator selected a group of people through whom to work. Gave them laws for their good. Delivered them out of harm and bondage time and time and time again. Yet over and over and over again that people group rebelled against him and hated him and shook his, their fist in his face. And just some, suppose with me that this God sent people down to this people group to give his message and to speak for them, and they killed them, the prophets. So suppose out of one last desperate act that God himself up there decided to come down and become one of them and live the sinless life that they could not. And suppose that he was crucified for their sins, rose again on the third day, 40 days later, went back to heaven to prepare a place so all that group of people could be where he is. And all that murderous, rebellious group of folks down there, all they had to do was accept the gift that he gave them. That's all they had to do. Let me ask you, does that, does that God sound narrow-minded? Does he sound unjust? Doesn't to me. You see, folks, the question is not, to me, the question is not, why is there only one way to heaven? The question to me is, why is there any way at all? That's the question. We don't deserve one. 
So to me, the question is, why doesn't he make many ways? Why, why, why is there even one? That's, that's not a narrow-minded God at all. That's a loving and just God. Question number four. What did Jesus claim? What did Jesus claim? Here's where it all meets, folks. Listen up. Jesus is the only founder of any religion who claimed to be God. The only one. The only one who claimed to be God, claimed to atone for the sins of the people, and claimed to rise again. He's the only one. So, let's examine his claims. C.S. Lewis said that if you were to ask Buddha, are you God, he would have smiled and said, you are sadly disillusioned. If you were to ask Socrates, are you Zeus, he would have, he would have laughed at you. If you would have asked Abraham, are you Yahweh, he would have said you're crazy. If you would have asked Muhammad, are you Allah, he would have torn his clothes and then he'd cut your head off. But that's exactly what Jesus claimed. He was God. Nobody else claimed that. So, C.S. Lewis said, one of two things were correct. If Jesus claimed to be God, claimed to die for your sins, claimed to rise again, and he did not do those, he is of no importance at all. But if he did do that, he is of ultimate importance. The only thing Jesus is not is of moderate importance. Yet we have many people to whom Jesus is only moderately important. So C.S. Lewis said it right. There's only one that claimed that. If he's right, he's the only way. Because he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. So if he's right, there's only one way. If he's wrong, there are no ways. So C.S. Lewis wrapped it up by saying this. Jesus is one of four things. He's either a liar. He is either the biggest liar on the face of the planet because he claimed to be God. Or he's a lunatic. Most people claiming to be God, we feel like something's wrong with them. He's a lunatic. Or he's just simply a legend. He claimed, he did some good things, he taught some good things, and as time went along, his legend grew, and, and he's just simply a legend today. Or he's Lord. He's one of those four things. And you have to decide. Folks, I don't know about you. I believe his claims. 
I believe he was God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe he rose again. I believe he's Lord. So if that's the case, there's only one way. And that's through the one who claimed to be God in the flesh and the way, the truth, and the life. So I believe in him, and I reject all other ways to God. Letter C, two conclusions. We'll close. First of all, number one. Religious toleration does not mean equal validity of truth. Religious toleration does not mean equal validity of truth. Just because Islam, Judaism, Buddhism have legal rights to practice does not mean they have equal validity before God. And number two, objective evidence, not tolerance, is the basis of truth. Objective evidence, not tolerance, must be the basis of truth. Folks, when it comes to eternity, you have to be right, not just fair. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you today for your word and the truth that Jesus is the only way to the Father. God, that's how you designed everything. And so, Father, today I pray that we would follow you as the only way of salvation. God, I want to pray for those in our congregation today that they, they've never trusted Jesus. Or, Father, if, if, if we're the average church and there are one half of the people here today that believe that all ways lead to God, Lord, would you please today show us through your powerful Holy Spirit that only you are right, that only Jesus is the way. So, Father, today I pray for those that need to make that decision and need to submit their lives to this truth. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.